Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? How is everybody doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to be back after a little break for Thanksgiving. Glad to be back here with all of you. I'm always happy when I can get to come in the studio and spend some time with you guys and just chop it up, you know? So let's get this this show started. We're going to get all the housekeeping out of the way. And this I want to start to read because this is very important for me to remain here on the air. If you want to keep this show broadcasting on the air every Sunday at 8 a.m., you pay attention to this um, message I'm about to read. Radio Free Brooklyn's Drive to Five fundraising campaign is underway. In May, Radio Free Brooklyn turns five years old. And we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing you commercial-free, independent radio for another five years. Because we think raising money should be fun, each month we'll be bringing listeners fun challenges with some great prizes. The first is a trivial quiz to find out just how well you know Radio Free Brooklyn. The top five scorers will win a limited edition five-year anniversary Radio Free Brooklyn t-shirt. Now, you can also dial 718-673-8201 to leave a message and let us know why you love Radio Free Brooklyn or to just wish us a happy birthday. And your message 
just might be played on the air. So with that, my number here this morning is 718-928-9732. If you want to call, chat, give me your responses to anything that I might be talking about or anything that you might just want to talk about. My address on Twitter is WWKS Today. And on Instagram, I'm WWKSay Today. And I'd like for you to send me some messages to let me know how I'm doing. You know, if you like what I'm talking about, if you don't like what I'm talking about, if you just want to talk about something else. I mean, let me know how I'm doing when you're listening, if you're enjoying the show, if you're not enjoying the show. I take all comments, good, bad, and indifferent. The number again is 718-928-9732. So I hope everyone's Thanksgiving was blessed. And I pray that every thanks, everyone's Thanksgiving was um, a happy one. Everybody had a good time. For those of you who um, didn't have a good time, I'm sorry to hear that. But the month is still young. The year is about to wind down, yes. But you can still get into that holiday happy spirit if you just open your heart and receive. So now with that, since Thanksgiving kicks off the holiday season and I was doing a little study, well, I started to do a little study and I had mentioned before on the last show that I wanted to find out more about Advent because I've always heard about it, but I never really looked into it. And I knew it was the time prior to, um, the birth of Jesus, but I wasn't sure how long it was the time prior to that. But what I've learned in my research is that Advent is the four weeks prior to the birth of Jesus. So Advent actually began last Sunday, since that was the first Sunday of the month, and that would bring it exactly four weeks because December has five five Sundays. It would actually bring it four weeks before Jesus' birth. So Advent started December 1st. So since I wasn't here December 1st, we're going to do what I'm going to tell you what the first week of Advent would have been. And then this is the second week. So we're going to do the first week and the second week all in one. So um, let's see. Advent is. Advent is. Now, where did I put that? Like I said, it's the. Four weeks prior to the birth of Jesus. And I was actually going to save this for the end of the show. But since I started talking about it, we're going to talk about it in the beginning. We're going to talk about it now. Okay. Advent is the, the meaning of Advent is the arrival of a notable person or event. Advent is four weeks leading up to the birth of Jesus. And this helps us to remember the real reason for the season. So with that, the first week of Advent, now I'm getting all this information because like I said, I was doing some research. And when you go on the internet, like I said, you can find everything. But sometimes this becomes too overwhelming. And I'm actually a member of um, a community group on Facebook called Entrusted Women. And it's Entrusted Women of color, but in that group, it's not just women of color, but it was, it was um, created for women of color 
And in that group, it's women who are speakers, who are writers, who just have a message to get out that God has given them in their spirit. So we have this community that we can come together if we need to network, if we need encouragement from one another. We can go on this group and we hear the different things that's happening within the group or within each other's lives and how we're progressing in the journey that God has us on. So while I was in the group two weeks ago, I came across Alexandra Hoover. Now she's a member of the group. This group is like, I would say 2000 strong. I could be exaggerating, but I think it's at least, at least because it's, it's all over. It's even worldwide. It's just grown that far because people that have come that has just visited and then they hear about it because we spread it by word of mouth and people join. And then once they join, it's, it's, we're all over the place. So, and we might not be 2000. I could just be, you know what? I could be speaking that number into existence. We're going to be 2000 because I'm actually going to have the founder of the group on the show come the new year and have her talk about what made her even start the group. Why was it in her spirit to begin this organization for women of color to be able to come together that are speakers and writers and just just all those things, all the, the creative talents that God has placed in his people? What did he put on her spirit to bring us all together in a group like that? So I'm going to have her on come next year. So next year I'm lining up some really exciting things for us to discuss. But with all that being said, in my group, I came across one of the members. Her name is Alexander Hoover. And she had actually written a book, well, a little booklet about Advent. So I went on her page. I downloaded it. And if you want it for yourself, because you can see where I'm, I'm getting my ideas from and, and my thoughts concerning Advent, the, um, the name of her book is Wait and Wonder. And it's a guide. It's an Advent guide. But the name of the book is Wait and Wonder. And her name is Alex Hoover. So if you want to look her up, you could look her up. So week one in Advent, she has in her book that it's God's faithfulness. So it's all about remembering. Now, remember, we are working our way up to the birth of Jesus. So everything that we're doing is in anticipation for his arrival. So week one was God's faithfulness. And in that week, we the week that just passed, we were supposed to be thinking about ways of how God has just been so faithful to us in our lives and just how God is just faithful in general, just his faithfulness in general, even if it's just not in our lives, but just how we see in the universe how God is just faithful in everything that he does. So that week, which was last week, we were going to, uh, had I been here, we would have been doing things concerning faithfulness. And I'm sure you have different different instances that have occurred in your life where you can just say, you know what, God, you have just been so faithful. You said this and you did it and it, and it came to pass. You said it and it, it actually happened. And I know for myself, like a lot of times I say, 
like when my last show, I was saying we need to be intentional. And don't get me wrong, guys. When I say these things and I'm putting them out there, I'm not putting them out there like I'm the expert. I'm not putting it out there like I've got it all together because my speaking to you and helping you grow helps me grow. And I really believe this is why he gave me this as my starting platform because I already know that I'm supposed to speak. I know my voice is supposed to be used for a particular purpose. I'm still learning what that purpose is, but every time I'm here on the radio and I'm speaking with you guys, I'm I'm growing it. I'm growing in it. I'm growing my craft. I'm perfecting it. So what they say, practice makes perfect, right? So anything that I say, most of the times it's either I've experienced it, so I know a little bit about it because I've already went through it, or it's probably something that he's going to probably have me walking into. So a lot of times when I'm speaking to you, I'm listening to myself as well. So don't just think that I'm speaking, oh, and I'm coming to you like I know it all and I have it all together. Far from it. Far from it. I definitely, I would be the first one to say that I don't have it all together because I know that I don't. But whenever I say something to you guys, I actually think about it for myself as well. Because I'm like, if he put it in my spirit to speak about it, I'm like, hmm, this probably was for me too. So don't think that anything that I'm saying to you, I'm not actually doing it or living through it at the moment. So in my own life, I can think back to times where God has been faithful. He's always faithful. But because we don't think about it on a daily basis, but he is. He's faithful in every, every promise that he's placed in the book, being the Bible, because that's what I follow. It's true. It's true, and it will happen. There are cause, there are cause and effect. There is sowing and reaping. But everything that he says, when he tells you, he's telling you for your good. Now, you can choose to follow it or not follow it. And that's what we talked about before, too. We all have that power of choice. We can choose to do whatever we want. But he he would always want us to choose life. He would always want us to choose the path that's going to give us a better life and a happier life and just a more peaceful life. Because when you think about it, when you do something contrary to what should be done, you're usually upset afterwards if it doesn't turn out right. Usually it doesn't turn out right if you do something contrary to what you should have done. Like just for example, and I'm just going to keep things simple. I won't even go into something complex. And you know, I like to keep things simple because the simpler you keep things for people, the easier it is for them to understand what you're saying. If someone tells you not to cross the street when the light is red, Because that means if it's the don't walk sign says don't walk, meaning it's red for you. That means because there's cars that's going to be traveling in that road that you're trying to cross. So now someone says, oh, don't cross the street when the when you see the the red hand that's up there. But you continue to want to cross and you get hit by a car. Whose fault is that? See, those are the little things that I'm talking about as far as. When you do things contrary to what should have been done or following what should have been done correctly, like you're supposed to cross when you see the 
the man with the crossing legs in, in the white sign, with the white sign. And that's so funny to me because when I first saw the signs, because growing up here in, in New York and in Brooklyn, we had the words. It said, walk, don't walk. In green, it said, walk. And in red, it said, don't walk. So that's how we learned how to cross the street by looking at the street signs. So when they first put the, um, the symbols up and I saw the, the, the person, the figure walking, it was the white, it was a white light and it was a figure. I was like, what is that? Because it, it didn't register to me that that was walk. It meant, okay, yeah, you can walk. And I guess because I was just so conditioned to, yeah, I know when I can walk and when I can't walk because I've been crossing the street for how many years. But when I first saw the signs coming into, um, when they first started putting them up, it was confusing to me. And then when I saw the hand, I was like, oh, okay. So they put the signs so that people who couldn't read or didn't understand our language that, because it was walk, it was in English, would know when you see the man, or well, I keep saying man, it, when you see the, the figure, I'll say figure, just not to be gender biased. To me, it looks like a man. So I always say when I see the man. But when you see the person on the walk sign, that means it's okay for you to cross the street. When you see the big red hand, that means stop. So don't cross the street. But like I said, when I grew up, it always said walk in green and don't walk in red. But little things like that, just back to choice. When you do things out of not following, the consequence is usually not a good one. You can turn it into a good one because like in the Bible, it says he'll make beauty from ashes. And ashes is usually something that didn't go right. Because if you think of ashes, ashes is always the end result of something that has burned. So if something was on fire then that could not have been good. I mean, because fire, just in general, is a, it's a destroying. So that's never anything good. You never equate fire to something good, unless you're making a fire because you want to stay warm. But that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother concept that we go through. But in general, when you think of anything burning, it's usually not good because it's going to be destroyed. So yes, he can take your ashes and turn it, into beauty, but why take ashes when you could just have beauty from the beginning? So it's all about, like I said, making the right choices, doing the right things, and going back into Advent. When I'm not off that subject yet, because all that still follows through into everything that we're we're doing right now, getting our minds right, and with the new year coming up, with the new year coming, a brand new decade, as I mentioned. Did you guys actually think about? what you wanted to do in this coming 2020? Like, have you really sat down? And I know a lot of times, I remember when I was younger, like, you know, a couple of days ago, um, <laughs> they would always say, whenever you went on a job interview, and this this question always stumped me. And I guess it was because I was always at that time, I was living Right then, not that I didn't think of things ahead of time, but I liked to live in the moment. I like to whatever I was involved in at the moment, that's what I was thinking about. So a lot of times when you went on job interviews and even in school, they used to prep us in high school. They used to prep us. And, you know, not too much in college, but they would ask you the question in college as well. 
every time you sat down and you had an interview with someone, you know, they'd ask you, you know, your references, what, you know, your skills, what are you good at? What do you think you're not good at? And then they would always come up with that question. Where do you see yourself in five years? And for me, I was always stumped when, even though I knew the question was coming, where do you see yourself in five years? I never knew the exact answer. I mean, I knew I could give them an answer for what I was thinking at that moment, though. Because at that moment, that's where I could tell you that's where I saw myself in five years. But some people, they actually plan everything out step by step by step to they know where they're going to be in five years. And to those people, I say, God bless you, because they're probably, when they made that plan, they're probably there where they said they wanted to be. Because the Bible also says, write it down and make it plain. If you know what you want to do, if you know what it is that you're trying to acquire, write it down. You take your petition to God and, you know, and he's going to work with it. At least you're giving him something to work with. Those people who were able to write down what their five-year plan was or those people who knew exactly what they wanted to do in five years, I was like, man, that's wonderful. Me, I knew what I wanted to do. It was always something... When they asked me that question, I always knew what I wanted to do. But then I know how I was because I would always change my mind with wanting to do something else. And not that I changed my mind to want to do something else. That, that's not true. I could say that in some instances, I can be easily distracted. And that's one of my, that's one of my things I have to work on. And remember I said, when you do um, a reflection looking inward, to understand who you are, that's when you know what characteristics are there that you neither need to clean up or you need to perfect. Mine, I knew I needed to perfect my speaking. I knew I needed to perfect my... Now, I can interact with people. I don't have a problem interacting with people. But me personally, if I had to choose, if I wanted to interact with people, I choose not to. I'm very, I'm very private. I'm introverted. But you wouldn't think so when you met me because most people would think that they always, I, I don't know how I acquired these, these little mini names like social butterfly. Because if you see me in a setting, I'm talking to everyone. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. I'm. I'm just, you know, I'm interacting, I'm responding, but inside, I'd rather be someplace else. And that's, I don't understand how that happens, but I guess he's bringing it more out of me that I know how to mingle with people. But I know as when I was growing up, totally shy, totally. And I'm sure I mentioned this before, probably on the first show. I didn't want to, in class, when the teacher called on me, I wanted to cry. And I, even though I knew the answer, it wasn't like I wanted to cry because I wasn't prepared. I was always prepared. I was always very studious. So I always kept up with my lessons. I always knew what was going on. So I could answer the question any time that the teacher would pose to me. But the fact that she was putting me on the spot would make me want to cry. And I'm a very sensitive. I'm emotional. I'm totally emotional and sensitive. I will cry at the drop of a hat. I could watch a, a commercial and want to cry. I know it sounds very, 
wimpy, but I can. And I noticed that the the more youthful I'm becoming, the more I want to cry at things, you know? And I guess it's just because I'm, I don't know what it is. It's just, that's just the side of me. I'm just very sensitive. So with all of that, I know that when when you do an inner reflection of yourself, he will bring out the characteristics in you that, like I said, either need to be perfected because that's part of your talent and your gifts or the things in you that don't make you such a pleasant person. So I like to do that inner reflection every now and then to keep it keeps me grounded. It keeps me leveled with what's happening and where I need to be. So back to that five-year plan, why I could never make a five-year plan. It wasn't that or where I knew I wanted to be in five years. It's not that I didn't know where I wanted to be in five years. It's just that sometimes I get distracted. And when I get distracted, it could lead me off into paths that Not that I didn't learn anything from those paths that I took. I learned a lot from it because they always brought me back into what my overall end goal was supposed to be. But had I stayed on the path directly, it would have been it would have been different. I probably would have gotten to certain places quicker. But then when I think about it, had I gotten to that place quicker the person that I am now would not have been able to be developed. So I guess God knows the person that he's created in you. He knows your temperament because he's, he's known you from the foundation of the world. So he knows those of us that are going to follow directly, do everything in order, just whatever is there in front of us, we're just going to, do it and not think about it and not question it. And then he knows some of us that's just going to be like, "Mm, yeah, I know I should do that, but let me try this first because I'm just kind of curious about this. So let me just see what this is about first. And then once I'm done over there, then I'll circle back and I'll come. Yeah. And that's, that's more like the road that I take, or I'm more like where I said before, I know exactly what I should be doing. But I went totally opposite. Now, that came when I was I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. He had already told me what I should be doing. And I had already started taking those steps, learning what I was supposed to be doing, because everything in my life was pointing in that direction. And I was going the opposite direction. And, you know, it actually took me more work to do the opposite than to follow. Even though following would have been just as difficult because nothing comes easy. Even when you follow and you make that plan, for those of you who have made that five-year plan, I'm sure you can attest to this. It wasn't easy following that plan either. You wrote everything down, but even getting there to everything that you wrote down and you knew you wanted to do, that was not an easy task. It still took work to do that. So could you imagine me going the opposite direction, purposely going the opposite direction? So it was more work. That's like walking Against the wind, not with the wind to your back, but the wind to your face, purposely. Now, the wind to your back, it would lead you in the direction where you need to go. But no, I turned around. I wanted to go the other way. So I had to fight to go the other way and to keep going the other way. 
And it just made it more difficult because I had to turn around anyway and get back to where I was. But anyway, I digress. But with all that, that's why with God being faithful, he never gives up on us. He knows what we're going to do. And every time we're going to do it. So most of the time when you're doing something and you're like trying to hide it, like when Adam and Eve ate from the tree and they found that they were naked. So they tried to hide themselves with the fig leaves. And then when God came looking for them, he knew where they were. He knew exactly where they were and he knew exactly what they had done. He just wanted them to own up to what they had done. And a lot of times in our life, he knows exactly what we're going to do before we even do it. So when we do it and we try to hide it, it's like we're hiding it from ourselves because we're definitely not hiding it from him because he's already seen it. He's already known that we were going to do it. And the quicker we fess up to it and let him know that we know that he knows that we've done it, the easier we can move on and the guilt and shame is removed from us. We don't have to keep walking around feeling like I'm the worst thing or, oh, if I just would stop doing that or oh, I can't stop doing that. He knows what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. But with that, it doesn't mean that you should just keep doing it without thinking about it. A lot of times it's for us to, we have to work at not doing things that we know we don't want to do. Because even Paul said, he does the things that he doesn't want to do. Because that's just human nature. But you try it, work at, not doing those things that you don't want to do. <laughs> like me with the extra cake. Like Thanksgiving. Forget it. This time of the year for me, it's nothing but eating. It's all downhill. I'm on a, a, a sugar high from now until January 1st. Because I just find myself, and it's because I, just, I like sugar. I like sweets. And... It seems like the more I consume, the more I want to consume. It's like if I have one cookie, then I want to have 10 cookies. It's not like, okay, stop at the one or two. Who wants to stop at one or two, especially if it tastes good? So I have to, that's another thing that he's shown me. But I know this and I'm working at it. I'm not as bad as I used to be. But this time of the year, it makes it so easy for me to just slip up and just get lost in it because then in my mind I'm telling myself oh it's the holiday oh everybody's indulging oh it's okay come January you're gonna stop and it's gonna go back come January it's like crashing down to the ground because everything stops everything that was pertaining to holiday and festive and happy and It just seems like when you wake up in January, you're like, what happened? Because everything is just such a rush for this this whole time. So with us getting caught up in this whole rush of the eating and getting together with friends and hanging out and we can actually dial it back. And that's what Advent helps us to do. Advent helps us to dial it back. Because we do get caught up in the whole rush and hoopla of the holiday. And sometimes some people forget the reason as to why we even celebrate the holiday. The reason why we celebrate Christmas is because of his birth. So with week one, it was God's faithfulness. And. 
Isaiah 49, 15, and 16 reminds us of his faithfulness. It says, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Now, this was God speaking. He was giving a response to the people of Israel that had asked him a question. I didn't give you the preceding verses, but you can go back in Isaiah 49 and you can read it, how it's leading up to this is the response that God gave them. And he said, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me meaning that he was telling them because the people of Zion was asking him, had he forgotten about them? And he was giving God's response to them was a woman that's feeding her baby. Does she not have compassion for that child that she's holding? If that child is precious enough to her that she's not going to forget this baby that she gave birth to, even though she's, capable of forgetting. Now, because we know as humans, and we know there are some mothers out there, which we pray for, that go through postpartum depression. They will have a child, but they're not want to have anything to do with the child. And that that's a real syndrome. That's a real issue that some women go through after they give birth. But God is saying, a woman that has a baby, if she puts in the love, and she's taking care of this child. Even though she could forget about that child, he's never going to forget about us. He's never going to forget about us. And he was telling them he was never going to forget about them. So God knew that we needed a savior. And that was part of his plan. That was part of his plan from the beginning, from the time when I said about Adam and Eve and fessing up to what you do wrong. And he knew that we as humans needed a savior. And in his faithfulness, he sent his son. Because he loves us. It was part of his plan from the beginning, his love for us. Because he he cares for us. Because we are always on his mind. He sent his son. So in these weeks leading up to his birth, there's all these things we need to remember that all this that's happening, all this that we're we're leading up to is because of the love that God had for us. So now here we are in week two. And week two is talking about, according to Alex in her book, she's saying week two is where we're waiting. This was the waiting period. Now, you know, after the prophet Malachi, well, for those of you who don't know, in the Bible, after the prophet Malachi gave his last prophecy, God was silent to his people for 400 years. So now just imagine that. For 400 years, God said absolutely nothing to his people. Now. You know, if you call someone and they don't get back to you before you press send on the text. Now, mind you, you haven't even pressed send on the text. But in your mind, you're like, you better be giving me an answer as soon as you see this. You're not even taking into account that they have to either hear the notification if they have their notifications on 
or look at their phone if their phone is not with them. But we don't want to wait for anything. As people, as humans, as just in today's technology with everything being so quick with the microwave and just blink of an eye, it's in front of you. We don't want to wait. Could you imagine how it felt to not have God say anything for 400 years? Do you know how many generations had came and gone, came and gone and never heard anything from him? I don't even want to think about being in that time. I don't even want to think about what I would have felt like. Because here I am. I get antsy walking around when I pray and I'm like, God, what's going on? And if I don't get an answer, I'm getting all hysterical and you know, oh my gosh, did I do this right? Did it, did he not hear me? And I know he hears me. He hears everything we say. If he knows everything that we're going to do before we do it, of course he hears what we're saying. But the time after Malachi gave his last prophecy up until the birth, no words from God. Now, during that time, the people, the, what they did was they had a celebration of lights. And the celebration of lights, as what I've come to understand, was the beginning of Hanukkah. So you can also look that up to see what the people did in that time period of that 400 years as they were, as they were waiting to hear from God again. They had the Festival of Lights, which is now known as Hanukkah. But if you really think about it, God is never silent. He's never silent. He's always moving. He's always doing something. He's constantly progressive. He's always doing whatever it is he needs to do. He's behind the scenes taking care of it. Although we don't see it, although we don't understand it, although we don't hear him, he's always doing something. And as he was quiet in those 400 years, he was working in the background getting ready for what he was going to give to the world. He was making things avail. He was getting everything available for us to be able to have everlasting life. Because actually the birth of Christ, the birth of Jesus, was actually our, our, our chance to get connected back to God. So when they didn't hear him for the 400 years, he was preparing the earth for the birth of his son. So he knew there was a lot of things he had to put in place. He knew that there was just a, a just like in your life, before he gives you ultimately what he's promised you or he has told you that you were going to have, you have to be prepared to receive it. If you're not prepared to receive it, then you're not going to know what to do with it when it does come to you. So just like in our lives, when we think of different situations where God is preparing us for whatever he has for us, he also had to prepare the earth for the birth of his son. So in that time, the people had the Festival of Lights, which is now Hanukkah. So you can look that up to see what Hanukkah is about, how it, you know, what they do during that time. And it might be something that you might even want to partake in. It just doesn't have to be a Jewish festival, you know, a Jewish um, celebration. 
it might be something that you want to look into to see exactly, okay, since we were, they were waiting all this time, why, you know, what made them go into doing this festival of lights and what was the meaning behind everything? So it's probably something you could look into as well. So in week two, it was the wait. So now if you don't look into Hanukkah or if you do just for your own, um, just for your own understanding, what are you doing in this time of waiting? What are you doing in this time of anticipation? And whatever, whatever situation is going on in your life with your weight, what are you doing while you wait? That's something to think about in this week. What are you actually doing in your five-year plan, in your one-year plan, in your one-day plan while you wait? What are you actually doing to prepare yourself for the answer that's coming to you? That's something to think about. That is something to think about. In your wait, what are you doing? In your wait of the new year coming, what are you doing? Are you preparing yourself for what the new year is going to bring? Are you preparing yourself for where you might be going in your next step in your journey? Do you even know what your journey is going to be? Even in the way you could even think about, do I have a journey? And if I do have a journey, what is it? Where is it taking me? How am I going to get there? Even if you decide, okay, this is where I want to be in five years. And I, like I said, I knew in five years, but I never wanted to think that far ahead because I'm the type of person that gets distracted. So if you're the type of person that gets distracted, maybe five years is too far out for you to think about. Maybe you should just think about next month. And that may seem funny to some other people like, oh, my gosh, you can't think about a five year plan. You know what? Some people don't want to think about a five year plan. Some people just want to get through today. Some people. If I could just make it through the next hour. True talk. We don't know what some people's journeys are. We don't know what some people's situations are in their life. So to some of us who's like, oh, my gosh, you can't think of you don't know where you want to be in five years. Some people don't know where they're going to be in the next hour. That's just how much they're teetering. They're teetering right there. Where am I going to be in the next hour? So when you think about that, instead of worrying about where you're going to be in the next hour, Actually, take a deep breath and weigh your options. What choices do you have before you? Because sometimes we look at things and we think we only have one choice. It's either that's it and that's it. Because you look at it and you say both sides are negative. Well, if I choose this, it's negative. And if I choose that, that's negative. That's not necessarily so. Sometimes on the surface, it may appear to be negative. On the surface, it may appear like, well, I have no other choice, so it's only this and that's it. Because if, even if I do the other one, it's still bad. It's still going to be. That's not necessarily so. Sometimes we just have to take a deep breath and just think. Think about it. If I do this, what's going to be the outcome? Is it going to be something that's going to be beneficial for me? Or is it just going to be a short-term fix? And for a lot of us, sometimes we want that short-term fix because the pain of thinking about going through anything longer can be harder 
for us to try and wrap our minds around. But if the pain of dealing with what's going to be long-term is harder than the pain of what you're going through right now at the moment, time changes things. Everything changes in time. Look at even with the seasons. Nothing, like we were in summer just a few months ago. We were in fall just a few weeks ago. And look, we wake up, we're still in fall. Technically, according to the calendar, we're not in winter yet, but that doesn't change the weather from making us feel like we're freezing, like we're in the middle of winter. It was 28 degrees when I left the house this morning. That's cold and it's fall. That's not fall temperatures. So when you think about how time can change things and everything changes over time, if it looks like whatever you're in at this moment, if it's never going to change, just know that it will change and you can steer the direction of the ship of how it's going to change. You don't have to stay on that course that may be destructive or what you feel is destructive for you. You don't have to stay there. And it may seem like you have to stay there, but you don't. There's always some place, something else that can pull you away and steer you in the right direction. Although that might be painful too. That journey, and even in the staring, okay, I'm just, what's coming to my mind right now is addiction. And it's, I don't know why, but this is what he's putting on my spirit, addiction. If you are having a problem with either drugs or alcohol, or sex. If that's your advice, knowing that doing that thing every day has not gotten you any further to feeling better. You might do it for that moment, but once that high is over, and I say the high because you get a high from sex, you get a high from drugs, you get a high from alcohol, whatever it is that stimulant that it does for you when you in when you partake of that that action. Once it's over, the high is over. So you're still back to where you were, which led you to want to do that in the beginning to escape whatever it is you were trying to get away from. If you think about it honestly and say, you know what? I need to stop this. Rather than take that, whatever it is you're taking at the moment, try to resist the temptation of it. And yes, it's going to be tempting because the devil wants to keep you in his clutches. He wants to keep you trapped in that because he doesn't want you to know who you are in, in Christ. He doesn't want you to know how precious you are in the eyes of God. He doesn't want you to know that. But you are precious and you are special. So even though you might not see yourself as precious and special at this particular moment, know that you are. And just knowing that you are and that God loves you, even in the mess that you're in right now, even in everything that you're doing at this moment, he still loves you. He still loves you and he's still there. So here, here is your choice. You could either decide to still keep going down that road, knowing that even though for the moment it'll make you feel good, but afterwards you're still stuck in what you're in, or you could decide, you know what? 
I'm not going to, for this hour, I'm not going to do that. Just for this hour. Like I said, a lot of us, some of us can't think five years, can't think next month. They just need to think next hour. And in that next hour, don't. Just think, you know what? Somebody does love me. Even if somebody's not showing me love at the moment, even though everybody around me seems to be in the same muck that I'm in right now, because wherever you're hanging out in, whoever you're hanging out with, you're obviously doing this with someone. Or even if you're doing it by yourself, you were doing it with someone. You had to interact with someone in order to get to where you are right now. You had to. Even at where you are right now, know that Jesus loves you, God loves you. And you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. If you just tell yourself, you know what, I don't, I have a choice. I do have a choice. I don't have to stay here. Yes, it's going to be hard for me to move from here to where I think I want to be. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie and tell you it's not going to be hard. Everything is difficult, even for those of us who don't have a problem. But we all have problems. We just have different problems. Like, the, I keep getting addiction in my spirit. Whoever is addicted out there, that's your issue. But that might not be the next person's issue. It might not be my issue. Like I said, my issue is staying focused. My issue is not being distracted. But that's something that I have to work on. And sometimes it becomes difficult for me because I'll notice even with my phone, like I'll go on on the Internet to look at one thing. And before I know it, a whole hour is gone because I've already been distracted, let off someplace else. As a girlfriend of mine, we always say we, we went down the rabbit hole again. We went down the rabbit hole because we went on there to look for one thing. And before you know it, we got caught up looking at so many other things. So it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol or even sex or Whatever it is that is your addiction that's bringing you down, it could be little things like with mine, being distracted. But even with those things, we know we have to make a choice and we have to stay mindful. So whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're feeling right now, I just want you to know that you are loved. Jesus loves you. And you just have to consciously make the decision that that's not what you want to do anymore. That's not the person you want to be. And then just think about it in this week, this week right here. And I've always seen it like Hallmark has all these movies on all these Christmas movies, Christmas movies, Christmas movies. And they were always talking about the Christmas miracle, the Christmas miracle. And the miracle was the birth of Jesus. That's the real Christmas miracle. But if you believe that even in this time with him, with because he's already been born, he's already been born. He's he's died on the cross for us. Yes, he's shed his blood for the remission of our sins, but he was chastised for our peace and for our healing. So you or everything that you need to get you to where you want to be, he's already done it for you. He's already made that way for you. All you have to do is accept it, believe it. All you have to do is believe it. So in this week of waiting as you're waiting to see the difference that's going to come about in your life, think upon those things. Like, you know, Kay said, Jesus loves me. Kay said that I'm precious in his sight. Kay said that I'm important to him. Why am I so important to him? In this waiting period, 
find out why you're so important to God. Find out why every strand of your head matters to him. Find out why every tear that you shed, even when people don't see you crying, because I said he sees everything and knows everything. Find out why you're so important to him in this waiting period. And it's only a week because I'll be back next week and we'll be on to something else. But that doesn't mean that because we go on to another week leading to the birth of Christ, that everything that's happening in God stops. It doesn't. But if you know from week one, he's faithful. And I just read to you in Isaiah, if a, a mother could be faithful to her child, why wouldn't God be faithful to us who he created? So in his faithfulness, he's there for you. In this waiting period that we have for this week, think about why you're so precious to him. Think about all the things that he's doing behind the scenes in your life that you don't even see. He's probably just waiting for you to believe in who he is. And a lot of us, that's all it takes. You just have to believe in who he is right there where you are right now. If you actually just sat there and say, you know what? I do believe that Christ died for, for me and God sent him because he loved me so much. If that, if you just believe that, that right there is your step to going to the different di- the direction and the path that we were talking about. Like I said, some people have their paths that are straight before them. Me, I meandered off my path, but I still got back to it. And even in the meandering, I learned to where where I'm on my path. And who's to say that what I'm doing right now is totally on my path? Who's to say that I might not take another detour? I pray I don't. But it doesn't mean that even in my detour, that my detour is going to be bad. That doesn't mean that if I take a detour, that it's going to be detrimental. So you just have to go And knowing in your heart that if this is the way that God has led you to go, then this is where I need to go. But right now you have a choice. Those of you who are teetering in the balance, you have a choice. You don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to stay where you are. And in this week, the second week of Advent, where we are waiting, you can decide, you know what? I'm going to believe. And that's the first step. You believing is the first step. Once you say, I'm going to believe, then that is automatically going to open up your spirit to want to get into other things and to look and give you direction into other things. But you have to believe first. You can't just keep thinking, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's always been. And it's never going to change. Because although you think it's never going to change and you've been there for however long you've been there, you know, like I said, seasons change. Seasons change, the dates on the calendar changes, and here it is. We're counting down. We're going to be in a whole new decade. Things do change. You just happen to want to be in your, even though you stayed in your little cocoon and in your box, everything else around you was changing. So just think about it. If you're in a closed room, I'll give you an example. If you're in a closed room, open that door. Things are changing. Time is running out, guys. It's been a pleasure being here with you. This was a heavy, deep discussion, and it's not over yet because we still have two weeks before the birth of Christ, so we will be in Advent. 
for the next two weeks, the rest of this month, we're going to be talking about how we're going to be building things up for the new year and what we're going to do coming after that. It's been a pleasure talking with you. This topic has really been amazing. I don't know where God is taking us with this, but I'm going to follow it. I'm not going to get distracted, people. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to continue. And it's just been a pleasure. But I want you guys in our waiting period to find out exactly what it is he has you waiting for, what it is he's going to want you to do, and what it is that you need to be thinking about. That's what I really want you to um, do in this waiting period of Advent. Just understand everything that's going on in Christ, in God, and ask him. Just literally ask him, Lord, what is it that I should be doing? And like I said, just start with believing. If you just start in believing who he is, believing that he is, that Jesus is the son of God and that God sent him to bring you, to reconcile us back to himself. If you just believe that, that right there would get you curious to find out more about him. And that's all it takes just for you to be curious to find out more about him, to find out what's going on. But you've been listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. This has been the What Would Kay Say show. And we love it that you tune in. And we want you to remember that we will be five years old next year and we're having a fundraiser. So go on our webpage, find out more about us, click on, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, click on the different icons, find out what the station's about, and just know that this is what Brooklyn sounds like. This is what Brooklyn sounds like when you want to have a place where you can come and just listen and hear and not be censored in what you can say and can't say. So if you enjoy what we're doing here, go on our website, find out more about us, click in and give a donation because that's what keeps us running here on the air. And like I said, I thank you. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Well, not seeing you, but talking to you. I wish you all the peace and love, and I want you to continue to be blessed. Have a great day.